Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 62 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. What greater sign can there be of the love of God towards you? And what better evidence can you have of God's love in justifying you than the evidence of your faith? Hebrews 11.1 Whereby you are justified. Romans 3.28 Number six. A removal of false fears from the deficiency or weakness of faith. All men will grant that if they were sure they had faith, They should not doubt of their justification, nor of God's love to them in Christ. But many doubt that they have no faith, or if they have any, it is so little that it cannot be sufficient to carry them through all oppositions to the end, unto salvation. If you have any faith, though no more, than as a grain of mustard seed. You should not fear your final estate, nor yet doubt of God's love, for it is not the great quantity and measure of faith that saves, but the excellent property and use of faith, though never so small. Luke seventeen six. For a man is not saved by the worth of his faith by which he believes, but by the worth of Christ, the person on whom he believes. Now, the least true faith does apprehend Christ entirely to all purposes of salvation, even as a little hand might hold a jewel of infinite worth as well though not so strongly as a larger. The least infant is as truly a man as soon as ever it is endued with a reasonable soul, as afterward when it is able to show forth the operations of it, though not so strong a man. Even so, it is in the state of regeneration. Now, you should consider that God has babes in Christ as well as old men, 1 John 2.12, feeble-minded, as well as strong, sick children, as well as healthy in his family. 1 Thessalonians 5.14, Romans 14.1.15.1. And those that have least strength and are weakest, of whom the Holy Ghost saith, they have a little strength in comparison, yet They have so much as, through God, will enable them in the time of greatest trials to keep God's word, and that they shall not deny Christ's name. Revelation 3, 8. Also know, God, like a tender father, does not cast off such as are little, feeble, and weak, but has given special charge concerning the cherishing, supporting, and comforting of these more than others. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 
and Christ Jesus will confirm and increase and not quench the least spark of faith. Matthew 12, 20. This which I have said in commendation of little faith is only to keep him that has no more from despair. Let none hereby please or content himself with his little faith, not striving to grow and to be strong in faith. If he do, it is to be feared that he has none at all. Or if he have, yet he must know that he will have much to do to live when he has no more than can keep life and soul together. And his life will be very unprofitable and uncomfortable in comparison of him that has a strong faith. Section 9. Reasons why Christians think they have no faith considered. But you will say, number one, you are so full of fears and doubtings. Number two, you are so fearful to die and to hear of coming to judgment. And number three, you cannot feel that you have faith. You cannot feel joy and comfort in believing. Therefore, you fear you have no faith. First, if you, having so sure a word and promise, do yet doubt and fear as much as you say, it is your great sin, and I must blame you now in our Savior's name as he did his disciples, then saying, Why are ye fearful? Why are ye doubtful, O ye of little faith? Matthew eight twenty six. But to your reformation and comfort, observe it. He does not argue them to be of no faith, but only of little faith, saying, O ye of little faith. Matthew 14, 31. Thus you see that some fears and doubtings do not argue no faith. Secondly, concerning fear of death and judgment, some fear does not exclude all faith. Many, from their natural constitution, are more fearful of death than others. Yea, pure nature will startle and shrink to think of the separation of two so near, so ancient, and such dear friends as the soul and body have been. Good men, such as David and Hezekiah, have showed their unwillingness to die. And many, upon a mistake, conceiving the pangs and pains of death in the parting of the soul and body, to be most torturing and unsufferable, are afraid to die. Whereas unto many, the nearer they are to their end, the less is their extremity of pain, and very many go away in a quiet swoon without pain. And as for being moved with some fear at the thought of the day of judgment, who can think of that great appearance before so glorious 
a majesty such as Christ shall appear in. Matthew 16.27 To answer for all the things he has done in his body without trembling. 2 Corinthians 5.10-11 and 11. The apostle calls the thoughts thereof the terrors of the Lord. Indeed, to be perplexed with the thoughts of the one or the other argues imperfection of faith and hope, but not an utter absence of either. You have other and better things to do in this case than to make such dangerous conclusions, viz, that you have no faith, etc., upon such weak grounds, you should rather, when you feel this over-fearfulness to die and come to judgment, labor to find out the ground of your error and study to endeavor to reform it. Unwillingness to die may proceed from these causes. First, from too high an estimation of and too great a love to earthly things of some kind or other, which makes you afraid and unwilling to part with them. Second, you may be unwilling to die because of ignorance of the superabundant and inconceivable excellencies of the happiness of saints departed, which, if you knew, you would be willing. Thirdly, fear of death and coming to judgment does, for the most part, rise from a conscience fearful of the sentence of condemnation, being without assurance that when they die, they shall go to heaven. Wherefore, if you would be free from troublesome fear of death and judgment, learn, number one, to think meanly and basely of the world in comparison of those better things provided for them that love God and use all the things of the world accordingly without setting your heart upon them. Psalm 62.10 As if you used them not. 1 Corinthians 7.29-31 Number two, while you live here on earth, take yourselves aside often in your thoughts from the cares and business of the world, and enter into heaven, and contemplate deeply the joys thereof. Number three, give all diligence to make your calling and election, and write unto heaven, sure to yourselves. Second Peter 1, 10 and 11. But let me give you this needful item, that you be willing and ready to judge it to be sure, when it is sure, and when you have cause so to judge. Let your care be only through faith in Christ Jesus, to live well, joining unto faith, virtue, etc., and you cannot but die well. Second Peter 1.5 Death at first appearance, like a serpent, seems terrible, but by faith you may see this serpent's sting taken out which when you consider it, you may, for your 
refreshment, receive it into your bosom. The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 and 56. But the law of the spirit of life in Christ has freed you from the law of sin and death. Romans 8, 2. I confess that when you see this pale horse death approaching, it may cause nature to shrink. But when you consider that his errand is to carry you with speed to your desired home unto a state of glory, how can you but desire he should remove you out of this veil of misery and mortality might be swallowed up of life. 2 Corinthians 5, 4. This concludes episode 62 of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk.